This is 10 Things I Like About, a 10-minute, 10-episode podcast about unknown or misunderstood wildlife. Welcome to 10 Things I Like About. I'm Kirsten, your host, and this is a podcast about misunderstood or unknown creatures in nature. Some we'll find right outside our doors, and some are continents away, but all are fascinating. This podcast will focus 10 10 minute episodes on different animals and their amazing characteristics. Please join me on this extraordinary journey. You won't regret it. This episode continues echidnas, and the sixth thing I like about them is their spines. Last episode, we talked about how they defend themselves from the very few predators they have. And one of those defense mechanisms was the spines they have on their backs. Today, we're going to take a closer look at these spines and find out what exactly they are and how they work. All four species of echidnas have spines. You may be asking, what exactly is a spine? And this is a great question, listeners. You actually have spines all over your body right now. Well, not exactly. But spines are modified hairs. They are made of keratin, just like all mammalian hair, including human hair and nails. Spines grow out of the skin just like thin hairs. So spines are made up of a medulla, which is the innermost layer of hair. It's the softest and most fragile layer and functions as the marrow of the hair. The medulla is surrounded by a cortex. This is the thickest layer of a hair and contains most of the pigment when hair has pigment. The outermost layer is the cuticle, which is made up of dead cells. This is also the same anatomy of the softer hairs that most mammals carry, including the echidna. Underneath the skin... The canal that the spines grow out of holds a thick inner root sheath made of cornified cells which surround the growing shaft. So this shaft will eventually exit the skin with a sharp pointed end and grow into the spine. Echidnas grow spines on the dorsal, that's the top, and the lateral, that's the side, of their body. The number of spines taper off toward the underside of the echidna where you find only softer hairs. Echidnas do have softer hairs on their back and sides as well as the spines, which is what gives them a slightly fuzzy appearance. Echidna spines will vary in size depending on where they are on the body. Some will be longer and some will be shorter, so they fit nicely along that body. The spines of echidnas have long roots that are embedded into a special layer of muscle. This layer of muscle allows the echidnas to move each spine individually. Let me say that again. This layer of muscle allows the echidna to move each spine individually. Could you imagine being able to move the hairs on your body individually? 
That would be so cool. This, of course, aids the echidna in using its spines to protect itself from harm. The spines can be moved individually or as a group, depending on what the echidna is doing and what they need those spines to help them do. When used for protection against a predator, the idea is that the predators will get a nose or mouth full of sharp spines that will hopefully make them think twice about trying to continue eating this echidna. Now, you may be thinking that this sounds similar to another animal, and there is another animal that does the same thing, but with quills, the North American porcupine. They use their quills to defend themselves just like the echidna with one little difference. When a North American porcupine encounters a predator, they will back into the predator's muzzle or whatever portion of their body that is exposed, and the porcupine's quills will release and stick in the animal's body. That definitely gets the porcupine's point across. <laughs> so this is not what happens with the echidna, though. When a predator bites at or swipes at an echidna, their spines stay put. They are not hooked at the ends like the North American porcupine's quills, that's what makes them stay in the muzzle of the animal. And the echidna's spines are made to stay attached until they are naturally shed with age. So the spines of an echidna can actually stay attached for years. So the echidna is banking on that sharp point on the end of their spine to deter the predator who is trying to eat them. This may have brought up another question from my intelligent listeners. What is the difference between a quill and a spine? To be completely honest, I can't find a great answer to this question. I can tell you that spines are used to refer to a broader group of modified hairs, where quills are specific types of spines. You often hear the word quill used when talking about porcupines. When doing research for this podcast, all the sources I referenced said echidnas have spines. In a scientific paper published in 2014, titled Observations on Fur Development in Echidna, the authors question whether spines are actually modified hairs. Remember, that's what I called it at the beginning of this episode. They looked at various ages of preserved specimens of baby echidnas to determine if the spines grew from modified hair follicles or different follicles altogether. Turns out they formed from different follicles than those of hair. So maybe the spines are not modified hairs, but something unique to itself. It will definitely be interesting to see what further research reveals. Well, that's it for this episode of Echidna Spines. Thanks for joining me for this pointed discussion of Echidna Spines, because it's my sixth favorite thing about this amazing monotreme. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, please recommend me to friends and family and take a moment to give me a rating on whatever platform you're listening. It will help me reach more listeners and give the animals I talk about an even better chance at change. And join me next week for another episode about echidnas. This has been an episode of 10 Things I Like About with Kirsten and Company. Original music written and performed by Catherine Camp, piano extraordinaire.